Hello and welcome to episode 84 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always, and with me, as usual, Brandon Stevens. Brandon, say hello to the people. Jay, what's up, man? What's up? What's up? Uh, you know, this uh, podcast, you can listen to this podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Brandon. You can listen. I know. You can listen on Spotify, on Apple, iHeartRadio listen pod bean i don't know pod chaser there's a bunch of them man anywhere you listen to your podcast well, i just gotta say let's talk about this for a second i know we can get into the podcast real soon but um i downloaded the iHeartRadio app because in my car i don't get great am reception right. and i wanted to listen to sports radio which streams through the iHeartRadio app so i thought hey let me look up the live to walking in podcast and follow them yeah and of course we are on the iHeartRadio app but they say they're the number one app for podcasts now okay i didn't know that second of all i'm a little disappointed in the um and i guess i never looked it's the description of the podcast man like what did it say i felt like felt like my 11 year old wrote it for our podcast yeah it basically says nothing it has like one sentence like what i put into the for the description of the uh, podcast is very very bad what is like read the description of the podcast <clears throat> well one second this you is, carry this, this is, on for this a second is great this is great pod. anyway you can listen to us anywhere that you listen to podcasts just don't look at the description i guess just don't look at the description anyway if you could like our podcast share it's, rate, it's simply it's simply a podcast focusing on spinal cord injuries and paralysis and ways to treat and cure those problems yeah, I didn't come up with that. Somebody else, a higher up did, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah? Our yeah, marketing you know team I'm, did yeah, that? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Wow. Anyway. We, that went through an approval process, um, and somebody said that was fine. I think I was just so burned out by that point. I was just like, do it. Well, we need to redo it. We probably do. I mean, I feel like. Yeah, we definitely do. We, we can come up with something better than that. Anyway. We can uh, use some big words. Yeah. You know, if you can think of a better uh, description for this podcast, you know, yeah, uh, email something us cheeky at, at least. Email us at live to walk again at gmail dot com. Just don't get us the, at live the to worst, walk, live to walk one. The, the word one. the worst podcast ever known God. to spinal cord injuries by Brandon and Jeremy. Put that on there. Live to walk one at Twitter on Twitter and. Uh, live to walk again on facebook and instagram anyway um brandon uh i'm a little i'm a little we we have a friend we have a mutual friend who just got the second dose of the vaccine and i know this has been a pretty vaccine centric podcast the last couple episodes but well we're in the middle of it oh man um but our our good friend uh just had his second dose of the same vaccine that i got the Moderna, and he had a very bad, I mean, not a bad reaction. He was, you know, he had sweats and whatever, but I'm like, I'm like nervous to get this thing now. I don't know. I'm still I, getting it, obviously. I think you're but, just acting like you need to toughen up a little right yeah, now. I do, man. I do. It's going to be like I had 24 hours at the most. Right. That's true, man. And I feel like I already have aches and pains and cold yeah, just make sure you have someone here with you in case you yeah, have to right. puke yeah because they definitely puked oh they did he didn't tell me that shit all right yeah i better make <laughs> sure i have somebody here with me then i'll be calling you but you're oh so brandon's getting a knee surgery the yeah, same day that I'll be i'm down. Getting, getting the second uh, can't, i can't help you second vaccine so somebody can man somebody's here for you yeah we got it we'll figure something out um yeah man tragic news yesterday uh that Sean, oh. Sean Bradley, man, the former uh, former NBA basketball player, got hit by a car like a block from his house. I guess this was all the way back in January. Somehow yeah. the, the word didn't get out about it, but he That's suffered nice. a spinal cord injury. And you know, I wish I was trying to find more details on, <clears throat> you know, what his injuries were. Um, just just says he's paralyzed and say like. What his right. injury He's level a, was, like how much movement he has, if any. It says they got a spinal fusion, which means he probably had a severed spinal cord, cord right? I mean, I think they go in and, like, stabilize everything regardless <clears throat> if it's a 
I mean, I was already thinking, for those who don't know who Sean Bradley is, he's, um, you know, probably most – I think he probably – he played like 10 seasons in the NBA, but he – 12 seasons, I think, from something I read. Yeah, so, I mean, he was drafted in the 90s and made it all the way to like 2005 or something, but he's one of the tallest NBA players ever, and he's seven foot six. Yeah. And so, I mean, he's already – got enough I'm sure enough health issues as it is just being seven foot six and having probably you know it's probably got doesn't have the greatest knees or maybe some back issues and now to have to um have this happen is just a tragedy like I don't yeah I don't even know I mean, it's uh, thank God he has like money to be able to. I know it's hard. It's tough. uh, It it is like kind of dumb to say that. I don't know how you could. I mean, being seven foot, like I'm six three. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Well, that's questionable, but okay. I'm six three, and I (laughs) I can barely like. There's like three vehicles that I can fit into. Dude, and that was just it. Like height wise, we're talking beds. You're talking people have to put him in bed. He's a mammoth of a man. I mean, he doesn't weigh very much. I mean, he probably does though, because his seven six is just he looks. I mean, he. Looks I mean, skinny, they have in the, the on the NBA roster they had him listed at like two thirty five, which is like oh, just about what I weigh. Yeah. He's very. I mean, it's hard to gain weight when you're seven foot seven, but um, uh, you know, I did, I did look up how much money he made in the NBA. I hope he. Yeah. So he made like around like. $59 million. We don't need to be in other people's pockets, man. Well, I always like to look at the what people like get paid versus mm-hmm. what they get paid now. It's yeah. like crazy, the difference of from like 97 to like 2017. Right. right. But yeah, definitely, you know, our thoughts and prayers are going yeah. out to, to the Bradley family. Dang. It's, it's, that's terrible, man. But hopefully we'll have another advocate on the let's find a cure. Yeah, absolutely. If anything. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so what did you think of uh, – have you listened to to uh, Caesar's whole album yet? Mm. Yeah, I spun that. Yeah, it's pretty good. It was man. fire. It's very good. I, um, <clears throat> I heard from uh, from Mark Rails out in Pennsylvania, our boy Mark. Yeah. He's going to be coming back to visit here in the next couple weeks, but um, he's still – upset with your co-host of the year status he doesn't he wants he wants he wants, he wants a revote he wants in but uh we'll, we'll have to see man maybe we'll have him on the show when he comes out dude that'd be good man he that deserves to get his shine because yeah. he was he was on temporarily on an episode yeah but you cut him out i just i didn't it's the unreleased this is a branded uh, diss track um that's funny man but brandon we god this, you're such a little hater oh man i'm a hater Mm-mm. yeah i am but I just like to I just like to give the people what they want, Brandon. What's that's, that? That's bitch more assness? Episode, that's more episodes, and you uh, don't like that. But dude, you just keep them coming, man. You don't like you don't let up. We gotta keep we gotta keep pushing, man. I want to get out of this wheelchair. I fail you. Um, well, this week we have uh, a gentleman named Lenny Red Rose from Australia. He's from Melbourne, Australia. Um he came on he's he was he's an army australian army veteran um had like a mishap on a back surgery he couldn't talk a whole lot about it because there's ongoing legal stuff and is now paralyzed from medical malpractice i mean couldn't really talk about it but But it sounded like that yeah i mean there was he went in for surgery and came out in a wheelchair so he, um, you know, he's, but he's still, he's making the most of it. He's, mm-hmm. uh, he's completed like four, uh, Spartan races. And I, I was like, I thought he did it before his act, like before this happened. And he's like, no, I've done it. Like this is after. Damn. I'm like, holy, that's, you know, he's just like, I mean, I, yeah, he's like, obviously I know I pun intended because that's what yeah, they call it. He's him. like, obviously I can't do it. Uh, I couldn't do it if I didn't have the team around me. Yeah. Which yeah, a lot of people will have a team, a Spartan yeah. team. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I just you know, I think you need to tell your wife she needs to step her game up. They got a they got a team, dude. And I know, but this dude's doing this in a wheelchair. Man, you know, there's some. I went to one race uh, as an observer, mm-hmm. and they're they're savage, man. They do get down. Uh, some people really that's really like a lifestyle. Be like you know, for me and hoop. 
you know, they live, they're really living the lifestyle of yeah. Spartan training and getting down. But, uh, yeah. you know, to see, to, to have been told that there's someone doing that in a wheelchair. I mean, you're talking rope climbs, mm-hmm. you're talking sprints, you're talking mud. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It, yeah. And so this, yeah, he's doing it and he's doing it in his wheelchair. I mean, they're having a, he's, he's able to like move. He's a paraplegic. So he's able to move yeah. his, his upper body yeah. and climb with his arm. He's, he's like, is there he's some footage we can see? I need to know. Yeah, I'm I want to. I want to see. A, he sent me a picture to to post with this. I want to see some so. clips of how this is done. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. He's he looked like he was getting out. He was like completely covered in mud. Hell yeah! So I was like, that's I know awesome, he was. Man. That's pretty awesome, man. My uh, my uh, two my two kids did the youth one. Did they? Yeah, Ryder and oh. uh, Ryder and, and crew. How'd Ryder they do? Ryder finished like third for his age group. It's not right bad, on. and then I don't think they didn't really keep track of of crew, but he beast man, you know he did man. He went he went off. Right on, man. Right on. Well, yeah. So, um, yeah, they both can use their legs though. Lenny's Lenny's the man, bro. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, dude, uh, I've seen the obstacles, is, yeah, man. It's, it's like. So yeah, I mean, um, you're talking barbed wire, man. You're talking like throwing things. It's all kinds of crazy shit. Is it? I've never, I've never seen one, but yeah, I've heard yeah. crazy things. I mean, I've just seen like like rings, you know, the rings, man, the yeah. bars, the rope climbs, the getting over over uh, walls, you know. So I'm assuming his team's helping him. Boom, get over. Yeah. He's bam. He's hitting the ground, dude, and they're going some more to the next obstacle. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So I want to. Yeah, we'll try to get some footage of that because it was pretty, pretty. Uh, sounded pretty awesome. But yeah, let's. Uh, Let's get to Lenny real quick, and uh, I think you guys will be be interested. He's a very uh, inspirational guy. All right, this week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we're lucky enough to visit with Lenny Redrose, who is an Army veteran, uh, Invictus Games competitor. He's a four-time Spartan race finisher, a peer mentor, known as the... his hashtag smiling cripple recovering addict and you know he's a t4 paraplegic lenny it's a it's a big uh you got you got a lot of things uh a lot of titles there my man how are you doing welcome to the show yes thanks for having me yeah i'm doing good i'm doing good just had some hard road uh rehab this morning so you know a bit tired from that but it was uh it's all good yeah life's good man nice nice so yeah um you know i was i was lucky enough to uh link up with you on on social media and uh, we were able to, to come together for this podcast. I know you're down. What part of uh, Australia are you in? Uh, Melbourne, Victoria. So it's summer and we've actually got a nice sunny day today, but our summers are generally typically very summer-like. We have crap weather in our summer. So that's why I've got the singlet. I'm going to get out in the sun soon. <laughs> uh, nice, nice. Uh, well, um, you know, so for anyone who hasn't followed your story, doesn't know much about you, Explain a little bit about how you were injured and became a yep. So I had um, I had back pain when I was serving, and then um, I ended up discharging. I had MRIs, and the MRIs came back with a, a tumor inside the spinal cord. And yes, yeah, so I ended up having surgery. Surgery didn't go according to plan, and it left me, yeah, left me paralyzed from you know chest T4 down, not having any bowel, bladder, sexual function, voluntary movement of my legs. Um, you know, we're a nappy, so three quarters of the body doesn't work the way you know it used to work. Right, right. So you know, I, going through something like that. You know, what, what is the, cause I mean, obviously like I, I was in a car accident, so um, okay. you, know, you go straight into surgery and then they stabilize you, then send you to, you know, you recover for a, a short time and then they send you to, to rehabilitation um, to kind of learn how to, to live with this injury. What, what was the process like for you after, you know, coming out of that surgery with, with the paralysis? Yeah, so um, I spent time about four weeks, nearly four weeks in ICU. Unfortunately, in that period there, I started um, started using ice to kind of fight the demons. Um, 
So I, I actually um, OD'd in hospital as well. Lucky I was in hospital with a cocktail of um, cocktail of prescription drugs that the nurses and doctors were administering, like you know morphine and ketamine through IV, and then I had a yeah, couple of um, recreational drugs out in the mix that just obviously pushed me to the edge. So I spent yeah, I spent I spent four weeks um, four weeks there, and a similar story. You now heading to rehab, I was in rehab for three months roughly, and as you know, man, it's so slow. It's really you're not you're not doing a whole lot. As um, you know, you need, you pretty much need 24 hour care at that period until you know you're strong enough to kind of just do the basic transfer. But before the transfer, you know, you're using hoists and whatnot. You don't really have the chair skills and the pushing capacity. And unfortunately, at the front of my ward, there was a, a ramp that went up like that. So there was no way of actually getting outside and you know seeking some sun or whatever it may be, even just for the fresh air. So for the first, you know, six six weeks or so, it was it was real tough, real tough of you know twenty three hours pretty much in bed, and an hour of shared physio, and that kind of continued on for the whole period. But you know, having a bit more strength and chair skills, I was able to you know ask to get pushed up that ramp and just sit outside and you know and think about what's going on. Right, no doubt. Um, you know what? How long? So how long ago did did this happen? It was October 24, 2016, so it'll be five years this year. Okay. Wow, yeah, that's, a, that's a definitely, man, that, you know, going into surgery and not expecting something like that to come out of it, and that's kind yeah. of stuff. But, um, you know, like, let's uh, talk about a little bit about, uh, you know, I know, so you were doing Spartan, like, prior to your injury, you were doing some Spartan race competition? No, 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 this is all, um, this is all post-surgery, so oh. prior, prior to, yeah, Pre-surgery, obviously, I was uh, I was in the army. I served in the Australian Army full time for a few years, and through that period, obviously, you know, you get to do some cool stuff. But all in all, I was a I was a soccer player. I played soccer um, here in at the Victorian Institute of Sport, which is you know uh, the highest level you can really get to. And then um, carried on through through that with sport. But yeah, so the, all the Spartan races. That's all post-surgery, man. We've um, I was lucky enough to like. As I started to kind of get clean, um, my mind just started ticking over. There's a thing. Have you heard of AFL, Aussie Rules? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a – there's a wheelchair league. Okay. Um, that started up in the the second year of my spinal cord injury. So I was fortunate. And my mentor, Marcus, who was like the Victoria Police, Australian Federal Police and Air Marshal. So opposite side of the law, I was, you know, using drugs and all that. And he was the complete opposite. Uh, and I was very open with him about that. But, yeah, so he, he pulled me into the wheelchair AFL, which kind of led me to regain and find myself. Okay. And how, so how does, the, uh, how does the, the, the AFL work in a wheelchair? Are you guys doing it in, like, on a, like inside, like on a basketball court type situation? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. exactly. So it's have – you, you guys got netball there? Uh, uh, netball? Uh, net, yeah, netball. Anyway, so it's let's say if the court's divided into thirds of basketball court, so you've got your defenders, they can only go in two thirds of the court. You've got your center who can go everywhere, and then you got your front two, they can only go in two thirds of the court, and they're the only two that can score. Okay. So normally a kick is a mark where obviously not much kicking happening, but you've got a handball, which is a mark, and that's a um, your mark. So you've got someone on the mark, and then you've got time to pass the ball or have a shot, whatever you, whatever you want to do. Uh, yeah, so then obviously, you know, just similar to basketball, you've got basketball rules as well involved, you've got classifications. It's, look, it, it's obviously the, it's the nation's sport here. So for us to be able to represent um, the actual clubs at an elite level is, it's really good for the mental health. It's really good for physical health. So, you know, all in all, it, it, it's, it's, it's worked, worked it's worked a treat for me. That's, that's great, man. That's really cool. Um, how, so is that what you participated in then in the, in the Invictus games or what, what's, what were you participating in? What sport yeah, so in the Invictus games? Invictus, Invictus is uh, wheelchair basketball and rugby, hand cycling and indoor rowing are the four sports that I qualified for. Nice. So, yeah, so the wheelchair AFL is, is not a, it's not a world sport. It's just the, it's an Australian sport. So I would never make Olympics or Commonwealth games or anything on that magnitude. Yeah. yeah so it's just, that's more of a like a domestic or national competition that we have here. 
I got you. Okay. So yeah, how did the um, like how did you get to the point where you were able to qualify for the Invictus Games? Like, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in in those different yeah. uh, sports. So um, Matt Brumby, who's um, who's a guy that I really look up to, he's an idol of mine. So he he was the captain of the Australian side in the Sydney Invictus Games, and I met him through um, a mate of mine, Lockie. So I've got an accessible copy cart red top, which we'll talk about as well. But so I met him through Lockie when we were at one of our um, red top meetings. And it's, yeah, so he, and we, we trained together. And I was like, I was quite fresh into spinal cord injury, maybe, you know, two and a half years into spinal cord injury. So I didn't really have ultimate amount of, um, you know, chair skills and all the rest of it, as I only had played wheelchair AFL. However, he said to me, he goes, look, you guys, you've got, you know, you've possibly got what it's got to make the team. So I went and um, I was fortunate enough to get a hand cycle. So I started doing, you know, hand cycling around town to get to get that fitness up. And yeah, went to the tryouts, went to a couple of tryouts and fortunate enough to, to make the sides. And that's kind of really helped me with my mental health as it's given me the confidence of how I used to be back in the day with, with my sport. Like I was always very competitive and I felt I lost that. Um, I definitely lost that because I can't kick a soccer ball. And it's like, oh, you know, and I would never, I had never, yeah. So I just, I was able to regain a lot of my confidence through that sport or through sport itself and fitness and health. So it's, you know, it's helped me. It's improved me up, you know, heaps. That, that's so cool. And and so what year, um, do the Invictus games happen every year? Is this like a like a four year thing, like uh, the Olympics? Yeah, How it's, does that work? It's, it's every two years. It's been so. I made the uh, twenty twenty games, and that got postponed to twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one games got postponed to twenty twenty two now. So okay. It's um, it's it's just yeah. The Coronas obviously um, you know hit hit the world pretty hard, and it's set back a um a lot of a lot of things, and that's just been one of them. So, yeah, it's every two years and part of – I think there's maybe 15, 16 countries involved at the moment, which is, you know, quite high. America's got a, you know, a massive stake in it, sort of the UK. Right, right. Um, yeah, well, speaking of uh, the coronavirus and you know, COVID-19 and everything, what um, – I know it seems like Australia, you guys went, like, on, like, full-on lockdown for a good, <laughs> good amount of time. How did that, um, you know, like you're, you've been speaking about um, kind of mental health and things like that. How yeah. did that affect you personally? Um, you know, what did you see like from other people in our situation um, down yeah. there in Australia? So Melbourne, I think, was the, I think it was the hardest hit lockdown in the world. So we got locked down at stage four, which is the highest restriction, which for eight months. So that was one hour of... Um, of you're allowed to be outside for one hour. You're only only one person from every household is allowed to go to the supermarket. Um, everyone's working from home unless you're in construction. So no public transports. Uh, doctors, so essentials work, you know, to, everything was via telehealth. So, you know, visual, you know, just like virtual doctors. Yeah, man, it was it was it was pretty hard. I was I was lucky, lucky enough, once again, like, you know, I've got a sporting background. So I had just before the lockdowns had begun. Um, went to Kmart with a friend of mine and, you know, we just bought minimalistic equipment, whatever we could kind of use. And that's what we did. And mind you, like you couldn't leave the five kilometer radius either. So everything had to be done within your 5k radius. So we, um, we were quite, would I say lucky, we're lucky for the situation that we had some gym equipment that we could actually keep working out. I, and, you know, through that period, you know, connected with a lot of people through social media and I could see the decline with mental health. And that's my ex-girlfriend suffered severely with anxiety and depression, like really, really bad panic attacks for, you know, 10, 12 hours in a bathroom. So I understood um, anxiety and depression firsthand. Um, and I, I never actually realized what mental health was until I experienced, you know, I walked together for four years, one year prior to the chair and three years post um, the chair or post-surgery, sorry. And... It, you know, her, her mental health decline quite rapidly when, when it all happened. And I, like I said, it, it was the girl I loved was in front of me and she was, you know, she was falling apart, unfortunately. And there wasn't a lot that I could do. It, and I thought it was, you know, it was my effort. So mental health for me is a, is a massive thing. You know, a bit of meditation, training, eating well, all those good things, the peer mentoring, they allow me to be a better version of me. And, you know, through the, through the corona period, 
I was lucky enough to, um, you know, have some people come around one at a time and we'll just train in the front yard. And, you know, that, that lifted their spirits. So then they would do the same thing when they got home with one of their friends, whoever was in their radius. So it was a big, um, you know, caterpillar effect or a snowball effect where, you know, I mean, one little thing, you know, was enabling multiple people to, you know, reach a platform that they weren't able to reach, you know, during that period. Because like I said, it was pretty, pretty fucked here, you know, through that period where you couldn't, you couldn't do a lot. So the little things that we could do, we were lucky enough that we had, um, you know, some good friends around us and we all did that. We all, you know, fought for each other and, you know, stuck in. And it was good. It was good to, you know, develop those good friendships. Yeah, that's good to definitely rely on some on friends like that. Um, yeah. what, so what, what's like the, the state of, of the coronavirus now down there? It's, um, look, we've, we've started to get the vaccine down here. It's, it's pretty good. We're, all states are open. We're all allowed to travel because we weren't allowed to travel um, interstate either. Uh, for a long period so you know would open and close snap lockdowns so all that's kind of um eased up a little bit when the tennis the Australian open happened here we um obviously international athletes are coming with their with their staff and all the rest of it so there was you know uh cases in hotel quarantine happening then but it was kind of it's at the moment it's good it's where we're we're at level one i'm pretty sure so it's pretty laxed it's but still like you know you see people like i'm with the masks and all that sort of stuff, it's just difficult. You see, you know, it's it's hot weather. People are stuck wearing these masks. It's I don't think that's healthy either. But you know, that's just my opinion. Right, right. No, I can imagine that that'd be tough, especially trying to push yourself in a wheelchair. All you know, wearing oh. a mask has got to be tough. Um, yeah, and you know, talk. You talked about a little bit about peer mentoring there. Um, like, what? How did you get involved in that? Like, what? Like, um, are you are, are you working with other people that are uh, have have spinal cord injuries or what what is that all about yeah so as, as i mentioned um I'm, so i had a i've got a mentor named marcus when i was there so i went to a rehab place called caulfield um and caulfield it's it's not equipped to have people with spinal cord injury there as rehab full stop um so while i was, I was the only person um at that time in the hospital with spinal cord injury so i was very isolated and we've got another place called Royal Tower, that's for more traumatic, you know, for car accidents or, you know, work accidents, diving into shallow, shallow water. So you've got a lot of the community, our community in that hospital where, where I was because it was non-traumatic, um, wasn't, wasn't regarded to, you know, it's just not that, not that good. So it, I was lucky to have Marcus. So there's a group called Spire and they, um, they create a group of mentors to go around to the two hospitals and mentor. So I was, like I said, I, I was lucky enough to have Marcus because there's a lot of questions that, you know, that I was asking that, you know, eased my, um, eased my tension. And him and I still talk and he helped me, he helped me with a lot, you know, he, he led the way and, you know, and I followed through, which is, like I said, for me, it was great. So I know I wanted to be able to do this exact same thing because I, what I learned from him, is priceless it's you know you can't replace that so like i said i I really want to be a part of a part of that journey so that's where i got into mentoring through that same group spire and you know through the corona period what you know we weren't we weren't doing it but prior to that you know i I, i'm there twice a week so you know two three hour days um you know just doing the basic chair skills going up curbs or going down curbs transfers just all basic stuff as you know when you're in rehab you need to learn you know the smallest thing so it's you know it's how to sit up in the bed how to you know whatever it may be all the basic stuff was um and like i said that that makes me feel good that i'm doing the right thing or a good thing for our community yeah absolutely absolutely that's uh that's definitely a noble act man um Cheers, you know, I, I was wondering so were you you were still an active army uh, an active army member when when you were injured or so your- i had i yeah no i had i had this so I, I had the so the back pains i had while i was serving um and yeah so i had the, and then i had similar back pain, so I, I discharged a year later the same back pains came again and um yeah so that's when i went in and sought sought advice and yeah found out that the tumor was there and the tumor had been going for roughly around four years at that period Wow. Wow. 
Um, you know, yeah. talk talk about the the hashtag smiling cripple. I'm guessing that it's because you're always super happy, man. Like all your uh, posts on social media seem like you're always have a huge smile on your face, and uh, you know, like is that where that comes from, or? Yeah, that? pretty much, man. I um look, my my social media is two minutes out of uh, out of a full week, so I get to. <laughs> I mean, I get, I get, to, I get to, I get to smile when I train. I'm happy. If you know what I mean, my, I, I deal with chronic neuropathic pain. I'm not sure if you deal with pain, but anyone that's got any type of chronic pain, you know it's shit. So when, um, you know, when I get to train, I get happy because you know, mentally I'm away from the pain and I'm and I'm doing something that, that I feel better. Like you know, I the harder I train, the more endurance I have. You know, when it comes to a nighttime transfer that I don't fall over, or that if I need to transfer from floor to chair, that I'm able to do that. That's, you know, training Training brings out. I've always been a cheeky little fucker. Always, like always up to mischief. Sorry for swearing. Always up to mischief. Always, you know what I mean? Always just doing something. I'm just just always doing something silly. So, and it was just fitting. Like, that. I'm, you know, I, I do like to smile. I'm obviously, you know, a cripple. And people are like, you can't use that. I'm like, well, you know, well, let's take cripple as a, you know, it's not a bad word. People use it yeah. in, a bad, in a bad term. But it's just, yeah, so I, I've really, I've trademarked it. So I want to, um, you know, if, if things if things progress and, you know, I can get on top of... Because don't forget, man, I, I still deal with my demons. I have, like, yesterday, um, I was on the toilet for three hours. And then uh, I had an appointment with a doctor. So I went to the doctor. I came back. I had a nap for another two hours. You know, throughout the night, I woke up four times with neuropathic pain that had to empty my bladder. That was just that 24 hours. Right. Um, I pissed myself as well yesterday. You know what I mean? I... I so that's, you know, I, I like to portray, and that's why in my in my captions, I kind of write down how my day is or how my week's been or how the few days have been. It's it's all a, it's all reflective because I can, you know, you can see someone who's always happy, but they got demons. Yeah. Where you know, I mean, I try and explain. Yeah, I am smiling. I am working hard, but also this is what I've gone through in the last, you know, two or three days. And I think that's really relevant because not I don't I don't see a lot of people talking, whether it be in the walkers world or whether it be in our world. I don't see a lot of people talking about the shit stuff. You know what I mean? It's all, it's all, yeah, mental health, but what is mental health? Um, what brings that stuff on? And it's, and I feel with, with our situation, not having bowel bladder, I'm constantly wearing, a, you know, a pull up. And it's like, and I was even like with the current girl, my, with my current girlfriend, it was like, fuck, man, we were going to, you know, like, you know, and then she's going to see my nappy. It's like, fuck, how do you do that? Like there's so much there to actually think about, and it's it's like how, how do you go through it? And there's not many people that you can actually talk to, and there's not much you can actually do about it. You can either run the gauntlet like I did, you know, for the first couple of years, and just like I would wear undies, but I'd piss myself, and then there goes my whole day. Where I wear a pull up, and it's like okay, cool, at least I can finish what I need to do, and then go home and have a shower. So there's 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 a there's a lot a lot to our lives that. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot to our lives that um, that people don't, you know, people automatically say, oh, you know, you think you'll walk again. It's like, I don't really care about walking. Like, walking is probably the last thing out of a list of things that I would rather. Like I said, bowel, bladder, sexual function, chronic neuropathic pain, man, the amount of medication I take. Right. It's like a pharmacy. To, literally, I walk into a pharmacy and I know, yep, this, 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 this. So it's... Yeah, yeah, the smart, the smart, smart. I hear you, man. I definitely, I, you know, I, I always think so. I'm, so I'm a quadriplegic. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I can not move my arms that well. And, um, but yeah, I mean, if I could just have like use of my upper body, I would be the, I mean, I feel like I would be so happy, but it's like, you know, yeah. It's, yeah, man. It's just, definitely. Uh, you know, I definitely want to walk again for no doubt, but, you know, there's, there's, hey, levels, hence the podcast. there's levels to these <laughs> things, right? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, of course. How long have you been in the chair for? Uh, since 98, I got injured in a car oh, accident time, when, I was, yeah, when I was a senior in high school. So, um, yeah. Did you finish been, high school? Been a minute. What's that? Did you finish high school? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, got, uh, I was able to come back and and, and finish up. So, um, Legend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I wanted I wanted to get to the Red Tops thing. Um, I thought yeah. that was very cool. I, I checked the website out um, that's linked in your social media on, yeah. on Instagram there. So t tell us how, I mean, basically it's like a, a coffee stand that is wheelchair accessible more or less. Right. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead and That's right. Tell everybody about that. So Graham, the founder, he, he came up with the, with the, with 
it's it's the first 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 in the world. So he came up with this work, you know, invention. And his whole thing was his philosophy behind it was, you know, so he went to um, he went to Gallipoli and to Cove, and he saw how many um, how many tombstones and all that were there. So he's like, he goes, what? He goes, how can I help? You know, soldiers returning from from war that have got injuries, and you know, and his idea was to you know create an accessible coffee cart. So the coffee cart itself is uh, is on two actuators, like a hospital bed. So it goes up to someone who walks, and then it goes down to our level. It's recessed so that way we you know we can fit the chair in. The um and everything the way everything's placed, you know, it's placed in accordance with being able to, you know, at arm's reach, because obviously, you know, we're not going to be able to go too far over to go and get things like moving the wheelchair. Things will take way too long. Right. And yeah, so it, it's, it, it was based on that. So I, I got, I got, I got involved um, three years ago, about three years ago. And we've, yeah, we've, we've established another prototype, which was based more around um, someone in a chair. So obviously he's not in a chair. So when he designed it, he designed it as he thought he would. Um, however, you know, like I was saying, you know, things are out of reach, the cart being a little bit smaller now, so a bit more compact. And yeah, so making things aesthetically a whole lot easier for, you know, for someone who can grab things, you know, we're at the Melbourne Polytechnic and the, the crew, and Melbourne Polytechnic is like a trades college here. So you're learning all your carpentry, your plumbing, electrical, anything to do with any type of trade, steel work, metal work, um, so they've given um, they've given Red Tops a Red Tops a home. So it, you know it's it's a running business that that um, you know that it shows that it works. It's really really good, and the people there have helped us with you know with ideas. So trying to get um, something that that we're thinking about is so obviously someone like yourself, quadriplegic, doesn't have that much dexterity. Probably doesn't feel temperature as well. So we want to get a glove onto a coffee mug that's already like it's mounted onto it with a thermometer gauge in there. So literally they just got to hold it to the wand. They can make their coffee. They can see the temperature. You know what I mean? So that enables um, another another person, you know, to get into the workforce, to gain that confidence, you know, to, to believe that they, they are, they can do it, they can work, they can make money. It's not going to, you know, be the biggest thing in the world that's going to, you know, make you a million dollars, I'd say. But it's just that, like, I go there once a week. And, you know, for that once a week, I get to talk to people. I was a barista before, before the chair as well. Um, you know, I mean, so I, I got I got to connect with with that with that side of me as well. Um, so it's a look, it's it's a definitely a game changer, you know, in 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 our world to be able to, um, you know, you can sit there and make coffee. It's <laughs> quick story. So on Saturday, the um, women's AFL was on. So and we were invited. I played for St Kilda in the wheelchair league. So St Kilda invited Red Tops along um, to do the coffee. And for the, like, you know, the coffee, the coffee, coffee machines in front of me. So to be fair to the lady, she didn't know that I was in a wheelchair. She's like, oh, you're sitting on the job, are you? I said, oh, you know, I do, I do it most hours of the day. And then someone's just saying, hey, he's in a wheelchair. And she's like, oh, shit. I'm like, yeah, you should be. And then she just went completely around. I said, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's all good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> mate, to see your face was priceless, priceless. I bet. I bet. That's funny. Yeah, so that and so that's like really uh, taken off around uh, around. Is it so? Is it just local there in Melbourne? Um, or yeah, is, just yeah. Are you guys trying just to in Melbourne at the moment? Yeah, we're trying to. Um, yeah, we're trying to look. It, it's obviously there's a lot of engineering to be done to it. So we're 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 still at very early phases. So we've like I said, we've manufactured our second one, which is, um, with no doubt we're going to find. Um, more things we can add to it to make it a bit streamlined easier for us. Yeah. Um, however, for the moment, yeah, the, the, now it's, 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 we want to get a 3d printer, you know, and, and, and actually get these things ourselves. Let's just say an engineer who's in a wheelchair, you know, get him or her involved and they can still, you know, continue with their job and do the free printing. So that way, you know, if there's a, a part that breaks at the moment, we're going to need the engineers to come out, which could take a day or a week or who knows how long. So we're we're still left to their devices. Let's say where if we can if we can make this completely, you know, within in house, we're obviously we're going to need some 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 engineering. But if we could build everything ourselves, um, we would get everybody whoever's got any type of you know disability, cerebral palsy, spinal bifida, you know, polio, whatever it may be, um, you know, would get would love to get those type of people involved. We also want to um, we also want to make red tops food. 
that, you know, people in chairs that are chefs uh, or who people who love, you know, food. I've always loved cooking. So, you know, just a little bit of interest to make pre-packed meals that we could sell at the coffee carts. So we're really trying to, we, we want to grow the brand to be a whole lot more than just the coffee cart. We want to make it a community. We want it to be, you know, a safe space where people can actually come and not feel um, as may they, the, where they may feel otherwise. Oh, that, that's such a cool message and, uh, you know, inspirational for, yeah, I mean, getting people back to work, things like that. I mean, that's definitely super important. So, um, yeah. yeah, salute you guys for, for working on that. Um, Cheers, you know, Lenny, I wanted to talk to you about, I know you're pretty open, um, you know, on social media and stuff about um, being a recovering addict and, yeah. So like first, like, was it, was that all before, prior to your being in a chair that you dealt with that? Yeah, unfortunately, I, um, I, got, I got stuck into drugs at about 19 years old. So obviously, started off as a little bit of fun in the nightclubs. Um, and I struggled on and off, um, you know, for like 10, 12 years, I struggled with, with ice addiction. It was a, um, obviously a massive roller coaster. Anyone that's been addicted, even to prescription drugs, mm-hmm. um, anyone that's addicted to food, whatever it may be, like, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard road. I, I've, um, I did cold turkey like four times. I, you know, my mum and dad sent me, my, my parents are Turkish, so they sent me over to Turkey to try and beat it you know, for six, seven months. And while I was there, I was living a good lifestyle. I was training, I was getting fit. Um, you know, as soon as I got back to Melbourne, I made sure I had some money in my pocket so I could go to my dealer's house and, you know, and go buy a half a gram or a gram. And I was, I was away for, like I said, you know, seven months or whatever it was. And I was living a completely different lifestyle when I was away. So, you know, that kind of really, it was at the time I didn't realize, but it, it was, you know, it was something that I really needed to work on. And I always, you know, I always had reason to not use because, like I said, I played high-level soccer and I could, you know, I fucked up my career and I'm not going to put drugs as the blame, but obviously that was a massive reason uh, of why I declined probably as quick as I did. And, you know, having... So, and then I was, I was like I said, I'd have my spurts, you know, I'd be good for a few months and then I'd be fucked for six months or whatever it may be. Like, So the tear happened and then... I just, it was the easiest thing to do because, you know, it was, I could easily run from um, what was going on because I didn't have all the answers at the time as well. And my mentor, Marcus, who I've spoken about heaps, he was monumental in what, what actually, you know, in me getting clean because we had the, um, we had the drafts, the tryouts for the AFL and I, I missed, I missed the first session and, you know, and then when we spoke is like, he just gave me some real choice words that snapped me out of it. Like there was no judgment on his end. He wasn't telling me for any other reason, but for my benefit. And it, that really, it, it, they, like it hit me. And it was, it was, it was actually the, one of the best things that ever happened. So I plan, I, you know, I was clean for the football season. Um, and then I started feeling the urge of using again. And the gym that I was at, I said to those guys, like, you know, look, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a recovering addict. I'm quite early into my recovery. You know, I've been to Narcotics Anonymous. I've been in houses with no electricity. I've, you know, I mean, I've made sure I only had enough money for drugs. I forget the food. So I've been in some really dark places. I've seen some really dark shit. I've done some dumb shit as well. Um, yeah, and I just said to those guys, hey, look, and this is how Spartan came along. I said, I, got, I, I, need, I need something. I need something. I, I, need, I need a goal in front of me. Otherwise, I feel like I'm going to get stuck back into that trap. And I said, do you want to do a Spartan race? I said, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. He goes, you know what it is? I said, I've got kind of an idea that's like an you know, obstacle racing. Right. I said, yeah, I'm like, let's do it, man. Like, if that's my goal, that's my goal. Um, so we started training for that. However, the footy season finished and I relapsed. Um, but I had re- I only relapsed for one night. And like, when I like went up, like, it was so exciting, man. Like, you know, putting put in the ice into the pipe, lighting it up. And having like that first puff, was, I was so excited. And then I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? Like when, as soon as I got high, I just, it just really, I'm getting goosebumps now if you can see, but um, um, so it, um, yeah. So once, once, once he hit me, I was just like, what the fuck? Like what, what like I, I had a really good six months. You mean like mentally I was transforming, physically I was transforming, emotionally I was transforming. 
I was doing really well. And, you know, the people around me were really positive as well. It was a, it was a really good community that I was a part of it at, at that time. And, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it only lasted for that, you know, for that one night. And, yeah, from there it was I haven't, um, I haven't been back, back down that rabbit hole, man, which has been uh, September the 1st will be three years. Wow. No, that, yeah. that's amazing, Lenny. I mean, because I, like I said before we started recording, you know, I think that, you know, at least here in the States, you know, they used to do it a lot more, like really push pain medicine on, you know, people in our situation yeah. with, with spinal cord injuries and paralysis. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure that people out there were dealing with a lot of this, a lot of similar issues. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll talk about you know, that. Yeah, so I'm glad that you're out here, you know, kind of telling your story and, and uh, you know, really kind of preaching the, yeah. about keeping it on, you know, keeping things going the right direction. So it's, uh, yeah, definitely. you're, uh, you're definitely an inspiration in that regard as well, man. So thanks, dude. It's a uh, look, even with so I left the hospital on 700 milligrams of the Rica, 600 milligrams of morphine. 300 milligrams of clonidine and like 150 milligrams of uh, baclofen and then endone and then morphine quick release, all these things. And it's like, and I deal with, like I was saying a hundred times, like I deal with chronic neuropathic pain. So then I started to realize I'm reading up about these meds, like the meds aren't good for us. The meds, you know, I mean, like short term possibly, but long term, it's not, it's actually not a solution. It's, it's, it makes things worse. So as I've progressed through, my spinal cord injury, my pains and my spasticity has gotten way worse, way, way worse. I'm lucky, lucky. I grew up rough and tough, you know what I mean? I grew in the commission flat. So, uh, you know, it wasn't, we didn't have an easy upbringing. So, you know, that level of resilience, I think, through those years has helped a lot more through the period that I'm going through now. So, and I went to a pain clinic. I said, hey, look, I've come to a point where I want to start coming off a medication. Like, I want you guys to help me with it. You know, you, you're here as a specialist to put people on meds. Are you here to help people get off meds? They're like, yeah, do you want to try this? I'm like, try what they go. Do you want to have a ketamine infusion? I said, I just said I want to come off medication. Like, I don't want any, I don't want anything. Like, in, yeah, and they're like, oh, do you want to try uh, antidepressants for painkillers? I'm like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'm talking, and I'm like, mind you, I'm talking to the clinic, like the, the practice, the principal, whoever the dude is. I was like, dude, I go, I don't want medication. Yeah. He said, how about, how about CBD or medicinal cannabis? And I said, bit natural, no problem, let's try that. So I started with the CBD, um, and it's the same thing. The body got used to it, and then when I come off it, the body went crazy. And then I realized then as well, I was like, come on, man, like, I need to do this shit naturally. Like, I, I, if, I, if, I need, if I need a little bit of pain relief, you know I mean, have something for that period, but I don't want something, you know, to rely on something. And that's just something that's happened. Like, I've got to rely, you know, on bladder medication you know to, to not help to help me not uh, piss myself all the time you know I mean then you have painkillers which blocks you up gives you constipation so then the mornings as you know they're difficult so everything has a, a real rebound effect so and I, and I and I made up my mind a year and a half ago now that I'm going to start coming off my medication I don't care if the doctors help me they don't help me I'm going to win off because like I said in the long run I don't want to be on medication you know I mean it's not I don't want to live my life that way so I, I made that, you know, and, and as I come off the meds, obviously my pains have gotten a little bit higher for, you know, a shorter period. But what I, what I did realize towards the end of last year, for anyone else that's listening, try this. So I weaned off to the whatever milligrams it was and my pains are quite severe. So I jumped up an extra 50 milligrams. And mind you, the increments that I'm lowering myself are 25 milligrams every once a month. So not a lot. 20. So then I bumped it up to 50 milligrams. And I still ha I had the exact same pain level, exact same pain level. And that, like, I just in that period there, and obviously we're always learning, and I really learned then that medication isn't doing as much as I think it should be doing. And I think a lot more, you know, if, if, we, can, if we can use our minds, meditation, mental health, whatever it may be, go after a walk, go have some sun, hanging out with friends. I think that stuff, I don't understand why doctors don't prescribe any physical therapy. Why don't they say go to the gym or whatnot? You know what I mean? Like I, I feel good when I do that sort of stuff or when I play sport because my mind's away from it. Right. Um, yeah. So look, you know, each to their own, obviously, if 
I just, I just really feel that a lot of us didn't have medication prior to the chair. Um, and obviously we've got an abundance after the chair to help us with whatever it is to try and get back to, you know, I've been in the chair, like I said, nearly five years or four and a half years. I've been medication that whole time to try and come off it. You know, the increments are 25 milligrams at a time. So it's, it's fucking hard. It's really hard. So just, you know I mean? I, I really, it's a, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. Medication is not always the answer. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, man. I do. So, yeah, um, I did want to ask you too. I know, um, you know, we've been going for a while here. I don't want to take up your whole day, but uh, I wanted okay. to talk about uh, the Spartan, the Spartan race and how, so is it, you know, cause I know Spartan races over here. My, my co-host Brandon, I know his wife yeah. has a bunch of them. Um, is it the same? I mean, are, so is there like wheelchair accessible ones now or you just pull yourself nah, up? Man. <laughs> yeah. We've got a team, man. I'm, we're, I'm lucky enough to have a good bunch of, good bunch of guys and girls around me. So we go with, um, um, so we've got another, another mate of mine who's an amputee. He joined us for Spartan. So I, I've really tried to push, um, I've really tried to push and try and get more people in wheelchairs out there because, even just look without without the team, I'm not going to be able to do the Spartan. Yeah, you know what I mean, so it's not like I'm wheeling myself up, you know, up these big hills and whatnot. It's more through the you know the help of the team, what we can achieve together. Because it's not always just about one person. Right. You know what I mean I, I feel what I've learned, especially through like NA and stuff like that, like narcotics and knowledge, Like when we talk, we become stronger. Because we can listen and learn. You don't have to, you know, ask. When I was when I was at rehab and I went I went to that Royal Talbot, the the traumatic um, spinal cord injury hospital where all the people with spinal cord injury go, or most anyway. Um, and I would see the way they use their chairs, and it would, you know, mentally it empowered. Like, oh shit, that's how you do it. So I feel, you know, the more the more we can get out there, the more we can do. And Spartans just one of those things that's made for walkers. It's not made for you know, you know, it's not ideally made for people in chairs like the. The, some of the trails are, you know, quite narrow and I'm like, I'm half hanging off a you know, cliff edge, well, not a cliff edge, but, you know, a hill. And, and without the team, it wouldn't be happening. But all in all, like when it comes to any of the obstacles, you know, carrying the bags or whatnot, you know, we'll put it on my lap and, you know, the guys will push me and the girls will push me. Or if we're doing rope pulls or climbing up the rope and anything like that, it's all, it's all assisted with, um, you know, with the crew. Which is uh, which is good, and the team the team name is Smiling Cripple. That's where it actually started. So um, yeah, no, it's look, it's it's just another form of um, just being free, really. Like there's a lot on a daily basis. I deal with a lot from what's happened. Um, so if I can go out once or twice a year and do a Spartan race that lasts for a couple of hours with my, with my teammates, um, I'm going to do that because that's that that makes me feel better about myself. It, um, and it also educates people that are seeing us do it. They're like, oh, shit, look, this guy's in a wheelchair. I mean, a lot of the shit that I put out on social media, not shit, but a lot of the stuff I put out on social media, people was like, fuck, man, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know. I just do it. Like, I don't try not to think about things because I deal with a lot on a day-to-day basis, on hourly basis, on a minute-to-minute basis. So being able to just get out and do something and, you know, freeing the mind, that's, that's what's, you know, healthy. I don't, you know what I mean? That's an amazing, that's an amazing message, man, for sure. Because uh, it's true, you know, yeah, we deal with so much just, uh, you know, BS on a daily, like on an hourly basis, whatever it may be. So, yeah, um, yeah Lenny, um, so what, you know, what's next for you? I mean, I know, are they even having like Spartan games and stuff like that right now? Or are you um, yeah. training, training for the next big thing or what's what's going on? Yeah, so our AFL season um, will start in a couple of months. So that's the that's the next thing. Invictus Invictus camps are still ongoing here. So there's a couple of camps coming up in the next couple of months. There's a Spartan race in uh, Sunshine Coast, which is you know two hours in an aeroplane or two thousand kilometers in a car from Melbourne. So would it seems there's nothing happening in Victoria till the end of the year because of COVID. Um, so yeah, so we'll fly to the Sunshine Coast, which is Brisbane Gold Coast area. And we'll uh, we'll do the race up there, and yeah, hopefully get this court case sorted and move on with my life because it's something that you know it's 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 heavy dealing with dealing with you know what's happening with you know all the information that we get from from the lawyers and all that rest of it. But yeah, just just want to um, just want to 
you know, this year is obviously still up in the air. We could have more outbreaks. We've got winter to come for us. So it's, uh, you know, just staying healthy, staying positive, doing what I can do for myself because no one else is going to do it. You know, and that's a, that's a big thing that, um, you know, people, people, we all need to understand because it's, you know, I mean, only you can do you. No one else can do you. And that's just, that's really important, man. Absolutely. Well, hey, Lenny Redrose, hey, you uh, you have an inspiring story, my friend. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and uh, you know, taking some time out of your day to visit with us and kind of tell your story. Legend, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll do it again soon. Done. All right. All right. That was Lenny Redrose. I want to thank him again for, uh, you know, scheduling me into his, you know, into, into his yeah, we were mess- I, I messed up the time frame again, Brandon. I'm like bad with this. Bro, we, at well, least we, you didn't say across the pond, dude. Know, that would have. Yeah, I think it. that's more for for the UK. I don't care. It's yeah. a, still the same thing. I know. You didn't. You didn't make like some Australian slang or something. I'm not even. I, know, I didn't. I didn't say like <laughs> how's it going down under or anything like that. Um, but yeah, no, he's like just a motivational guy, man. And I'm, I'm glad that he was willing to talk about, um, like his drug abuse and, you know, like, oh, yeah. um, you know, getting clean and, and sober and, you know, how he's living now. Mm-hmm. So, cause I think that's like, especially in the, in the wheelchair community, like, you know, the doctors would rather like push some pills on you than mm. than like really there's get, not a get ton out the bottom there's not a, a ton else that they are willing to explore well especially when you're going to like a primary care yeah. doctor that, I mean, that has no idea about a spike they read about a spinal cord injury in their textbook in in uh i was gonna say in law school but in a uh, medical school yeah. yeah so it's not like yeah it's just ridiculous um so yeah he that i thought that was good they, I, I think it's good that he's open and you know, I mean, yeah, we've talked about that on on this podcast before, and trying to get you off of you know muscle relaxers and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah, he said he's just off of everything, man. Boom. He doesn't doesn't mess with any of it anymore. That's like, good. Um, you know, he and he, you know, and the thing I appreciate about him too is he want you know, I mean, he, he, like his Instagram posts look great. He's like working out, like doing mm. awesome stuff. He's um, you know, he's just a really happy guy, go lucky guy. But like, he talks about real, real shit, man. That is not fun, and stuff that it's you have vulnerable. to deal with with a with a spinal cord injury, man. He keeps it real. So yeah, we appreciate that. We're all we about keeping do. it real. We definitely Jay, definitely you keep do. it one hundred, almost always, man. I mean, and it gets you into trouble sometimes. <laughs> I, you know, it, it's <laughs> been known. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I I will not uh, I will not deny that, but you know. <laughs> Except is, for when you talk about your height. <laughs> man, you better. St- I can't wait I'm till you up, get that standing dude, chair, bro. I'm bringing the, the measuring table. tape, dude. I'm busting it out, dude. So that's the thing, man. I was I was scheduled for a um, for a uh, bone density test tomorrow, so I can start getting up at the at the table. And I had to postpone it till Tuesday because I can't. Because tomorrow's I, March Madness. Let's not lie. No, I'm not lying, bro. I'm, I would have gone, but I have to find a pair of pants that don't have like I don't. I, all I have is jeans. I don't have. I thought I had a pair of sweatpants like from like ten years ago or something that I would wear like yeah. if I went on a tr- like long road trip or something. And yeah. I was like, Nah, I couldn't find them. And Jeremy's not a sweatpants type of no, guy. Not at all. I'm a sweatshirt type of guy. But you not got the hoodie, man. That's facts. Um, but yeah, no, I like. So they're like, "Oh, you need to have something with no metal," and I'm like, "Well, I only have jeans. Like, is there anything you can like put around like the metal to make it?" And they're like, "No, uh, you can just take them off." And I'm like, "I'm a fucking quadriplegic, man. I'm gonna take here. Your, hold on. Yeah, take like on. I'm gonna take my pants off and on your little ass table. Like I can do that, but yeah. I don't know how I'm gonna get them back on." And uh, they're like, well, you don't have sweatpants? I'm like, no, I don't have sweatpants. And uh, so anyway. I'm, well, at least they told you and you yeah. didn't just get there. Exactly. So I'm going to, I had to reschedule. So you got to go get some sweatpants. I got to go get some sweat. I don't even, where do you even buy sweatpants, bro? Like probably like Kohl's, maybe okay. Walmart. All right. Um, Hobby Lobby. <laughs> Hobby Lobby. Get the, anyway. Um, well, yeah. Thanks again to Lenny. Um, you know, listen to all these podcasts, listen to the old episodes. 
uh, go click on them, even if you only listen for a few minutes, because we get credit in the algorithms for that. Do you know that, Brandon? If you just get one minute I play? Think you just have to have people click on it. And <clears throat> it'll yeah, just, hit, just hit the button and listen you'll, to yeah, it. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it, man. We're good. So anyway, yeah, listen uh, wherever, wherever you can. Like, share, uh, rate, review if you can. And uh, yeah, once again, hit us up on Live to Walk Again at gmail.com live to walk the number one at on twitter uh what uh, live to walk again on facebook and instagram we're out here talk to you next week